starting off with just an A-plus guest. Cliff Schechter is kind enough to join us, a national pundit. You see him with Stephanie Miller on a lot of different news outlets. Of course, his Blue Amp YouTube channel is exceptional. And if you're not subscribed to that, you are just plain wrong. He's kind enough to join us for the first half hour today. Hey, Cliff, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. It's it's nice to have you here. And, of course, I'm glad that you can get a a double dose in Chicago now uh, with the great listeners over at uh, WCPT820. All right, my friends in Chicago, we can debate pizza. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. <laughs> the, Patty Vasquez, the other host on uh, WCPT, we already did that last Friday. I don't know. <laughs> there are some things I don't want to cross lines, man. I just, I'll eat anything. <laughs> that seems fair. That seems fair. We can debate baseball eventually, too. Yeah. The whole thing. Well, I don't. I'm just sitting here right now, as you know, I'm a, originally a New York guy. And every reporter, they're, they're, they're killing me. They're all like, the Yankees are on the verge of signing Juan Soto. Medical records are being checked and that kind of stuff. And, of course, that's very important with the Yankees because medical records are usually the most important story by the middle of our season. So. <laughs> well, hey, I can say this about Minnesota. We got, uh, you know, uh, Byron Buxton's about to – he's saying he's he's uh, going to try to make it to center field all next year. But just during that announcement, I think he, he broke four bones in his hand. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's such a shame. He's got so much talent, man. If that guy could just stay healthy. Mr. Glass himself. Although, hey, we love our Cubbies and White Sox. Is That's that believable? Right. Is that believable? I'll, I'll go with that. They All right. awesome, too. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Kevin McCarthy first. You and I talked. I think you made the point is this is a guy whose entire career was about becoming Speaker of the House. He, of course, it, it became clear with Johnson that he was never going to get back that Speaker's chair. And when that happened, I think it broke his heart. He has announced he is leaving the House at the end of this year, which is you know a, a bit of a surprise. Your thoughts, first of all, on the whole thing there? Yes, he announced he's leaving to spend more time with his lobbyists. Um, <laughs> you know what a what a pathetic career. I mean, I don't know what else. He he got there in two thousand six. He rose up to leadership. Originally was going to challenge when Boehner stepped down. Uh, for the for the you know to become speaker, he got that they had that little you know in the end he didn't get it and he came back because he was willing to do whatever it took uh, to become speaker and the two things that should be etched on his political gravestone were that after January sixth he helped rehabilitate Donald Trump when some Republicans are actually speaking out were starting to isolate Trump and Trump really at that point for the first time that I had ever seen in politics needed somebody to, to, to bring him a life raft. You know what I mean? He needed somebody to, to help him. Kevin McCarthy flew down to Mar-a-Lago yep. and took that picture with him, that infamous picture, and helped rehabilitate him so that we're still dealing with him today. And the party who followed that lead and jumped aboard on the lies about the election, the lies about January 6th, and, and, and the rest, which Liz Cheney, of course, has been talking about lately yeah. with her book and everywhere. And the second thing that should be etched in his gravestone is that political gravestone is that when he realized he couldn't become speaker because this ha- the house is filled with a bunch of monkeys flinging feces. I can say that, right? Oh, well, of course. Yeah, so, of course. There we go. Um, <laughs> based you know, on, based he, on he a true just, story. By, by the way, based on a true story. <laughs> yes. Actually, that is true. The Republicans who broke in there on January 6th did actually wipe feces on the walls because they're great people. Yeah. Um, so um, – he was willing to make a an alliance with one of the most arguably insane, stupid, moronic, uh, conspiratorial, 
you just think of how you want to describe Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is a deleterious force in, in everything she touches. Um, and he mainstreamed her and he did it because she br brought along enough of the crazy right to vote for him for speaker. It still took him 15 tries. Mm -hmm. He still only lasted, I believe, about 10. No, no. Was it 10 or 30 Scaramucci's? You have to do the math on that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, 10 months speakership. 15 tries, was it worth it? He mainstreamed this person who spoke of Jewish lasers and of, of, of Catholics being satanic, of, you know, the devil sitting on the, on the Pope's shoulder and whispering in his ear and, have, you know, God knows Islamophobia and homophobia and just this awful, terrible person. And he mainstreamed her. Um, and so for Trump and for Marjorie Taylor Greene, he should be remembered forever for that. The... When you when you look at where the House goes, I mean, right now they desperately want to validate their investigation into Joe Biden and make it seem like he's on the he clearly committed some crimes. I mean, NBC went after Comer the other day and just basically made him look like an idiot. Uh, and this whole Biden well, thing. Nobody has to make him look like no, an idiot. He, he, to correct you, but fair Comer statement. Kyle does a pretty good job himself. Yeah, fair statement. But you know, they want to desperately do this. They definitely don't have certain Republicans who are going to vote for this because they know that that will be the end of their political career in their toss-up or even leans Democrat districts. That being said, this makes it even more difficult. I don't know what the California rules are for a special election, but if this is held open until, say, like April, which it quite literally, it very reasonably could be, it might not be till April till they get the replacement, they're not going to have – I mean, you think that they had problems before. It's going to even get worse for them in the U.S. House. Yeah, here's the fun part, right? Uh, with George Santos expelled and uh, Kathy Hochul setting an election for as soon as possible because that's a D-plus-3 seat that we never should have lost and now we'll be in great shape to take in February. So that's a two-seat swing, not just one. Um, Bill Johnson here in Ohio stepping down in this corrupt deal where Youngstown State – with no input from the, the student and faculty and anybody are making this guy who has no experience in education, who's a Trump supporter um, and who, an election denier, the head of Youngstown State. So that's one seat they're going to be down here. I don't know how quickly they can have an election here. And I assume in California, Newsom can control the process. The Democrat, it's a very Republican seat. They still have, they still likely would win McCarthy's seat. Not definitely. So he could push it back if he wanted to. Now my math tells me, and I'm saying, I didn't major in math, but I'm not very good at it. But if everything I just said happens, the Republicans would have a one-seat margin in the House. <laughs> That's what they well, – somebody, somebody gets a, a bad cold one day and doesn't show up, or two people do, and the Democrats should just run rampant, take the place over, and vote for everything we ever dreamt of. Um, and so they, they weren't able to do anything with a five, seven, whatever vote majority. Anybody think they can do anything with a one-vote majority? Um, so, yeah, it, it throws them into complete disarray. And what I love about this is that, to me, is the pettiness of this. Mm -hmm. You know, McCarthy could have done something to help his party and stuck around. But to me, I, this feels a lot like him looking at the, at the you know, the whatever. The, like, they always changed their name. It used to be the Study Committee, now the Freedom Caucus. I, I, who knows? What, next week, there'll be the Jewish Laser Committee. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what? Like, I, the, whatever the right-wing Republican caucus is, um, he could have done them a favor, stuck around and kept their margin larger so they could do something. Instead, he's leaving yeah. and completely screwing them, which I love. Oh, and, and he is. He just they, they, it is a 
it, it puts them in a horrible situation. I hope what you put out there comes to fruition because it will be hilarious. They'll be gal, uh, you know, uh, gaveling the, the house closed constantly just to prevent the Democrats from having an advantage. And they'll be keeping, they'll be someone at the door keeping track of how many Republicans are around on any given day. Uh, Let me just put it this way. Um, and I promise I won't say anything that'll get you in trouble here, but if there's a particularly sort of sexy uh, show going on, like let's say Beetlejuice sometime, oh, yeah. they'll lose their they lose their majority right away because we know somebody will be running off. Oh man, mm. I knew who doesn't like to to have raunchous sex at a Beetlejuice show? I do. It's just great fun. It turns everybody on. <laughs> Beetlejuice is the best. <laughs> uh, you brought up Johnson, the speaker. Um, yesterday, he got a, and he deservedly a ton of crud when he was talking about releasing the security footage from January 6th. The exact quote, we have to blur some of the faces of persons who participated in the events of the day because we don't want them to be retaliated against or to be charged by the DOJ. This is him saying I'm on the side of criminals because what these guys did was undeniably a criminal act at attempting to overthrow the government of the United States. And the fact is, is he's saying, I'm not going to allow prosecution of people who committed a crime. I brought this up yesterday. I don't think he'd be seeing the same thing if this was footage from the George Floyd protests in Minneapolis in 2020. I think that, sure. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be standing up for the, for the, the people that they, they wanted to deem as the villains. The reality is, is these people try to overthrow the government of the country. And here he is basically saying, I'm going to run interference for you. And he was one of the ones we know now was one of the largest cheerleaders for it, aided and abetted it. But he's religious. And, of course, that's what Jesus would have done. Yeah. Um, you know, it's always these frauds, these fake religious figures, you know, who, who they only find the parts in the Bible, like the, the two or three passages that let them hate people uh, and ignore everything else. As you know, Jesus never talked about helping the poor. So Mike Johnson fits right in. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he is just this creepy little weirdo figure. I swear to God, every ah. time I see that this creepy just oh, where I see him talking, he just gives me the willies. He's so I mean, the blurring, you know, maybe he got that idea. I have a feeling he got that idea because maybe when he and his son monitor each other's porn, they blur yeah. the faces out. Mm. Is that I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what they do. Beetlejuice porn still the best. Well, I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> no, but I'll just say quickly. I can't make something out like fun of him, but I have to say something serious. I mean, he's again, he is dangerous, and 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 luckily he will have no margin because it more has come out too about his beliefs. And as we know, he he has some of the clients he had when he was a lawyer were groups that think that for being gay you should be executed yeah. and for being a doctor who performs an abortion and a woman who has one and he basically i mean i don't care if this is controversial he is what they call him you know maga mike he should be called hamas mike because he's basically the same the same set of beliefs about women's rights about gay rights about you name it well and i'll say this as, as someone who is a christian i will say this i haven't seen you know he clearly doesn't have the gospel of matthew in his bible that's surely not in there good portions of matthew mark luke and john are also missing but i will i will say too that you know when you when you he reminds me of a villain you know like a bad action movie where you think the one guy's the good guy the entire time and then all of a sudden right. halfway through the movie you realize the guy that looks so milk toast is actually the real villain i mean that's speaker johnson right there in any of these action films yeah, he is. Um, what is he? He's he's. Um, oh, come on, he's Kevin Spacey from. Uh, I didn't even mean it that way, but go for it if you want. 
<laughs> from uh, the what? Come on, the the, the usual suspect. Yes. <laughs> you realize at the end. Oh, so, and by the way, sorry if we ruined it. The movie's only what thirty years old at this point. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. We've gotten past that point. He is. He he. What's the dude's name? It's driving me crazy. The name of the character. Kaiser Soze. Uh, Kaiser Soze. Yeah, that's right. He's Kaiser Soze because you believe the whole time that Kevin Spacey is this wimpy, innocent guy, and you find out, of course. Not so much. And kind of like in real life. (laughs) (laughs) We got to take a break. We'll come on back. Uh, Trump is insisting he's going to be a dictator. Uh, And also, we're going to ruin another great movie for you. It's The Name of the Sled. Just a a little preview for you. We'll got that coming up here. Cliff Schechter, kind enough to join us today and talk politics on your Wednesday. It is The Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Cliff Schechter joining us. Cliff, a little bit of breaking news here. Las Vegas police announced a suspect is dead after officers responded to an active shooter at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas campus today. There appears to be multiple victims at this time. The agency has said uh, authorities have been seen swarming Beam Hall, located south of the city center. The building is home to the university's lead business school and sits opposite the student union where additional shots were reportedly heard. So obviously we're not knowing the, the, the severity of the shooting, but another mass shooting here in America, this time at UNLV. I mean... It gets exhausting. As you know, I've worked on this issue a ton. We've spoken about it. I think you guys passed. You tightened up your laws there when mm-hmm. Democrats took over in a number of ways. Background checks, red flag laws, uh, if I'm correct. Um, but And that's great. And those are all good first steps. But someday we're going to decide to take this issue seriously. And we're going to decide that, that humans who want to just go about their business and live have the same rights, if not greater rights, than people who want to own killing machines. And I'm sorry. And this is coming from somebody who used to shoot competitively on a rifle squad. Um, so I know my way around guns. But we just I don't know when we're going to get to that point where we prioritize the lives of innocent people. I mean, owning weapons. Absolutely. Plenty of countries. Canada is an example. The Scandinavian countries, Switzerland. There are plenty of countries where gun ownership is a thing where they just heavily regulated to make sure those that are mentally unbalanced, those who are dangerous, those who've committed crimes before have no way of getting their hands on these things. And we don't even try in this country. And until we do, this is going to be the result. This, it seems like the one thing that people have forgotten is that we have a right to not have guns jammed in our faces and shot at us all the time. We have a right to that in this country, but that right is ignored while basically we pander to a bunch of gun companies and bullet manufacturers. It is disturbing. Uh, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, and again, I'll say quickly, I mean, look, it's right there in the preamble to the Constitution that that they were setting it up so that we would have the, for the general welfare of our country and domestic tranquility, that domestic tranquility, let me say it right. Do we think that that that's not the Second Amendment is somehow more important than that? Because we don't have domestic tranquility. We have people being shot every day all over the place because of the decision we've made. Not to mention it kills the First Amendment because you don't have the right to assembly when you when you want to get together and, and petition your government. Or you want to get together and assemble and you can be scared that people are going to show up and shoot you because of your political beliefs. So it, it, it kills a whole bunch of our other rights because we've become so extreme on this one right. Absolutely. 
Trump was with Hannity. Uh, Hannity actually confronted him on the idea that he was going to try to make himself a dictator if reelected as president. He, uh, Aaron Rupar made the point that he basically avoided answering that question at first, but then eventually when Hannity revisited it, he basically said, well, I'll be an evil dictator for one day. That that's that 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 somehow he thought that that would be a good answer that, oh, I'll be a dictator for one day, but that's it. And then I'll stop. Um, the, the warning signs are all here. I mean, even a lot of Republicans as well. Unfortunately, a lot of Republicans who've retired or are no longer uh, going to be running for office finally find their courage. But the reality is, is we've got this guy who clearly thinks that he can install himself and he'll never leave office if he gets into that office again. And they're bragging about it. It is terrifying, really, if you think about it. It is. It, I mean, look, this is every sort of story we've ever, ever written, you know, uh, about it coming to this end, the United States, the way it has in so many other countries, democracy disappearing. And, you know, so for so often it couldn't happen here. It always could happen here with the raw, with the wrong mixture of, of a party that had been hollowed out by money and corrupt and a, a, a demonic um, and, you know, kind of figure coming along who's got charisma to them to about, you know, that that 33 percent or so who are in his cult. But then it goes to the media. And then it's the fact you pointed out the Hunter Biden stuff before and the Biden stuff. That is all about trying to muddy the waters. If they can call Biden corrupt enough times, if they can sort of say Biden's a dictator and the media refuses to call them out and say, you are liars. Now, the one thing I will say is New York Times finally used the F word fascism for Trump. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post has had great, some great articles lately. The Atlantic is doing a whole January, February issue where the entire issue is about how Trump will be a dictator in all the different ways with all of their various writers writing, I think, about 30 different pieces on it. So the media at least seems to be beginning to get it. I'm starting to have some optimism. They'll start referring more to his fascist language. They'll refer more to the kind of corruption. They'll refer more to the kind of you know, state-sponsored sort of arrests and terror that we, we, we would be living under. Uh, and if more of that comes out, it's that other 15% you know, that could elect him that have to those folks need to understand the ones that aren't really Democrats, maybe they're independents, maybe they're conservatives who realize Trump is evil. They're the ones who have to understand that, that, that Trump cannot be reelected. And the only other choice is Biden. I mean, I'll say quickly, Liz Cheney, I'm glad she's been on so many of these political shows, but we really need her on Jimmy Fallon. We need, we need her to go on mainstream shows that reach regular people. And we need the Mitt Romneys and the Kinzingers and the others to do the same thing we've said pointed out how dangerous Donald Trump is. Well, and you bring up Liz Cheney. I want to bring this up. This is uh, yesterday a, a point uh, on uh, one of her interviews. She points to a part of her book which she describes military official, uh, officials releasing a statement saying that anyone who attempts to use the military as part of some kind of coup effort that would be prosecuted, while it's something that military officials might go to the White House and tell the president personally, Cheney said it was important to make it very publicly. It sparked Trump's fury and threats he would fire anyone at the Pentagon who spoke out like that again. When talking to the committee investigations into Trump, Wallace called that there were threats during the speaker's race as well. So here he is. He was the military made a very public statement after clearly there was pressure by Trump to basically bring the military in to attack the citizens of this own country so that he could stay in power. And he was furious that basically the military and once again, thank God for General uh, Milley and 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 the rest of those guys, they 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 saved the country basically by basically looking at him and saying, no, that's not what we're here for. And yeah, Yeah. it's but this is he's he's bragging about this stuff now. 
Right. Well, remember, it always was you could follow the trail very easily um, when the all the living defense secretaries wrote that piece telling the military what their duty was before, you know, inaugura inauguration day before January 6th. And one of them was Dick Cheney. And it was always quite obvious to me where that came from, that Liz Cheney, who had been in these meetings and had been on these phone calls, had heard and seen things that she was scared enough this might actually happen and had gone to her dad with it who, my gosh, when we're all rooting for Dick Cheney, that's how far we know we've come. When her <laughs> yes. dad got together the, the living defense secretaries at the time to write this piece. <laughs> yes, I know. That, that's like a, a reverse Breaking Bad redemption arc of Dick Cheney going from being the Iraq monster to going to being the guy that, that helped save democracy. I, mean, I do think that piece that he helped co-author was very important. I do think it sent out a clear message to a lot of conservatives and, and others who cared about the Constitution, who were like, "This okay, if Dick Cheney is writing this, then there must be serious worries that this guy is going to try to to commit to have a coup." And uh, so, I mean, a strange, strange world we now inhabit. Yeah, and reminder: it was only when uh, the, what was it, Virginia and Maryland said we're sending in our National Guard troops that they finally the the, the Secretary of Defense in uh, under Trump finally said, "Okay, fine, we'll 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 stop this." It was only when there was really okay troops that they couldn't stop. We're going to go in to stop it. That they stepped up there. Uh, Cliff, uh, excellent as always. I want to remind everyone: the Blue Amp YouTube channel with Cliff Schechter is exceptional. Get subscribed there. I'll put a link up to it on all my social medias. You will be smarter by following Cliff Schechter. Cliff, thank you very much. I appreciate the time, my friend. Thank you. I just tell people at C Schechter. That's where you can find uh, the YouTube. And thanks for thanks for having me on that. It's the Matt McNeil Show. <laughs>